Have I been talking about Rodgers that much? Is this something that I've been doing to the point? in Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it, and the Big Ten Championship is in Champaign! <laughs> rush the floor! And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. My name is Travis Sparks, and I cheer for Illinois athletics, and I obviously do not deserve good things. And Eric Fry. Because every time you say Bielema, I think of Brad Bielema. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, welcome to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. What's happening out there in radio podcasting land is Travis Sparks, Eric Fry here with you. And we're here for the next hour or so on ESPN Radio here on this Wednesday. You know what that means, and it's getting close to the start of December. It's November 29th, mm-hmm. 2023. What's happening out here on this Wednesday? Got a good show lined up for you, as always. Of course, we'll hit up on some local sports, local sports that happened last night. Plenty of boys basketball that happened last night that we'll get into, and there was a few girls' games there as well that we'll hit up on as well. And uh, that battle for Cromwell as well. And bragging rights here at the uh, station between Altamont and uh, Cumberland and boys basketball last night that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll hit up on uh, some uh, college sports. The uh, latest college football rankings were uh, passed out. And we'll take a look at uh, those latest rankings. Who's in, who's out. Going into a championship weekend. Virtually every uh, championship game that's significant in Power 5 has some conference or has some playoff implications. Yeah. Uh, there, so we'll hit up on that. We'll hit up on the uh, basketball scene in college as well. And hey, yeah, you, Kansas last night. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty close, mm-hmm. close game there. A lot closer uh, than I'm sure Kansas. Would exactly. Like so uh, maybe I should be wearing yeah, you colors today. You should, Travis, and not orange for some reason. Hmm. It's just in my natural wardrobe here this time of year. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were wearing Altamont orange, Travis. An oversight, uh, oversight on my part, and then uh, we'll also hit up on uh, some other basketball as well. NBA, NHL, NBA because it's significant because the uh, uh, play-in tournament or the in-season tournament, if you will, we're down to what would you say the quarterfinals? Quarterfinals, yes. So uh, those matchups are if you set. Care. If you care about such things. <laughs> Which I know that Eric does very oh, passionately. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we might be able to squeeze in the NHL here today as well. We'll just see whatever happens, whatever uh, comes along 
there here today. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, jump right into things here and uh, let's get it started and let's get it started with what we call in the segment we call First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And first things first, uh, today is the uh, latest uh, college football playoff rankings that were released uh, last night as uh, we had a little bit of a change as we figured it would be uh, with the uh, game happening there between Michigan and Ohio State. And with that loss to uh, Michigan, that uh, slid Ohio State out of the uh, mm-hmm. top four as uh, they are now uh, number six as they're going to be on the outside looking in. And they're on the outside looking in in the Big Ten and Championship game as well. And uh, so uh, that's where the Buckeyes are as after they were ranked number one in the uh, playoff rankings when they first came out in the end of October. But now with that loss to Michigan, they are outside right now. Uh, number five was Oregon there, and uh, they got a big conference championship game coming up on a Friday. And uh, then the uh, number four, number one, not surprising, Georgia, they uh, stayed put right there. So did Michigan. They didn't move either. Uh, Washington is at number three, and Florida State is now in. And Ohio State, Oregon on the outside looking in is the Seminoles number four currently right now. Mm-hmm. And Travis, the way this is setting up, you look at it, and to me, Michigan is a lock. They're going to get in no matter what. Even if somehow, some way, Iowa pulls off yes. miracle of miracles. Yes. Here's why, Travis. At this point in the season, the chance of an average college football playoff contender being 12-0 and against Michigan's schedule Two percent. They've played the toughest schedule to be where they are. Wow. That will be enough to get them in. Hmm. To me, and why strength schedule is so important in the playoff era, 32 of the 36 teams, or 89% of the teams to make the playoffs, have been ranked in the top four of strength of record at the time the committee selected its final four teams. Hmm. That is why it's so important. The only ones to be outside of that were Clemson in 2020, Oklahoma in 2019, 2018, and Ohio State in 2014. And Ohio State was the only one to win the title game. All the other ones lost in the semifinals. So, hmm. um, on the flip side of that, the highest-ranked teams with strength of record to miss the playoffs included Texas A&M in 2020. They were third and missed. Georgia 2018, Ohio State 2018, TCU 2014. Now, to me, Travis, the interesting thing here would be Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington would have the best resume according to strength of record if it beats Oregon. Mm-hmm. The average playoff contender would have a 1.1% chance to go 13-0 against the Huskies schedule. Ohio State's strength of record mm-hmm. is ahead of potential one-loss conference champs Texas and Oregon. Ooh. This is where it's going to get intriguing. Now, Michigan has a 93% chance to make the playoff. That's the most out of anyone. Mm-hmm. Second, Travis, Oregon. Oregon has the next best chance to make the playoffs at 69.8%. So, obviously... The All-State playoff predictor doesn't give Washington a chance. Uh, 
to, yeah. to take care of business. Ooh. Florida State, 69.7% chance of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Georgia, 56%. Then it's Texas, 48 Alabama, 28 Washington, 26 Ohio State, 9 9 Nine. So, here's what I'm thinking, Travis. Mm-hmm. The two games that are going to matter the most, the Pac-12 title game. Yeah. Oregon wins that, I think they're in. Washington loses that, they're out. Yeah, I would agree, even though with that really great strength of schedule. But that goes back to, you know, okay, Oregon wins this one, but Washington won the regular season one. So, I I, I think Oregon would get in because they'd be a one-loss conference champ. Washington would be a one-loss non-conference champ. Oof. That would be harsh to swallow for the Huskies, but that may be the right move. And so, so we're gonna we're gonna play a little play a little game here, Travis. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's say Michigan takes care of business against Iowa. Yep. Okay, they're a lock at that point. Mm-hmm. Let's say Oregon beats Washington. Mm-hmm. Oregon would then get in. Okay. Right. I I think one loss Pac-12 champ would get in. Yeah, I mean, especially how this year's gone for right. the Pac-12. Florida State take care of business in the ACC title game. Mm-hmm. Who's the fourth? Yeah. It would have to be Georgia. Well, yeah. But let's say Alabama beats Georgia. Oof. If Alabama beats Georgia, mm-hmm. then you have a one-loss Georgia team, a two-loss Alabama SEC champion, Mm-hmm. Not to mention, if Texas wins the Big 12, they're a one-loss conference champ. Right. And then there's still Ohio State sitting there with one loss. Mm-hmm. Not to mention Washington. Right. We could potentially have five teams fighting for one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, though, I don't think Ohio State would have a prayer in that situation. I mean, you're sitting at home right now. You're just waiting for the ultimate chaos to happen. And even if that, I... I know that you're a really great team, and you may be one of the top four teams in all of college football, but uh, you you lost, and you had no say in the conference championship game. So Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, I don't think they have uh, any shot with some outside chaos. My thing there is if you have Alabama at the SEC champion and they beat Georgia, man, Alabama would have to make a huge jump. They're at number eight right now. Yeah. And a seven at Texas, they got an argument there with uh, they beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. I know that it was earlier on in the season, like week two or three, but they still got the win at Alabama. It was at Alabama, too, by double digits. So I, I, am I think s- that would have a significant argument, too. I'm so glad you brought that up, Travis. So here we go. Mm-hmm. If Alabama wins, I have the scenarios. Mm-hmm. If Alabama wins and FSU, Oregon, and Texas all win, Alabama has a 46% chance of making the playoffs at that point. Georgia, four. Mm. If only Florida State loses and Oregon, Texas all win, Alabama has an 85% chance of making the playoffs. Wow. So obviously the committee would put, based off of predictions, Alabama above Oregon and Texas. Wow. With an 85% chance, that's what that has to mean. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. If uh, only crazy. Oregon loses, mm-hmm. Alabama would have a 43% chance of making the playoffs. So obviously they value FSU above Alabama. Mm-hmm. If only Texas loses, Alabama has an 84% chance to make the playoffs. Now, if only Oregon wins, let's say FSU and Texas both lose, Alabama would have a 96% chance of winning, of getting into the playoffs. But if Florida State's the only one that wins, Alabama's chances are only 77%. Mm. And if all three of those teams, Florida State, Oregon, and Texas, all lose somehow, not only does Alabama have a 91% chance of winning, but Georgia has a 58% chance of making the playoffs. Okay. So to me, if everything goes chalk, and Michigan, Texas, Oregon, Florida State, and Georgia all win. That's five teams. If those five teams win, according to ESPN Analytics, it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Oregon. And Texas would be the one-loss conference champ sitting there. Sitting on the outside. On the outside looking in. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that would be a mistake. I think that would be the right the right call. Now, again, who's to say that this can't all be thrown into bedlam? What if Louisville wins? What if Iowa somehow beats Michigan? What if Tex- uh, Oklahoma State beats Texas? Then yeah. you're even going more chaos. Well, then that Texas would be taken out of the equation there at that point if they lost. Well, yes, so. yes. Uh, I mean, the probably the worst case scenario for the committee, I think, would uh, I mean, I guess it would be easy in the sense of uh, for them who deciding the four, if the top four right now currently uh, all win, uh, they would just stay the same. You would have to think, but that would mean less drama and Mm -hmm. uh, less to uh, talk about and less uh, eyeballs in on the selection uh, committee. Uh, selection show on uh, Sunday, actually, mm-hmm. after the championship game. Yep. That's always weird that they do the final college football rankings uh, kind of right before the kickoff of the NFL games on Sunday mm-hmm. after the big or after the Power Five championship games. So, um, like I mentioned, every conference championship game has a little bit of implications to it. Uh, Georgia and Alabama, of course, will square off in Atlanta. On a Saturday, uh, Washington and Oregon will go at it on a Friday night. And earlier this year, Washington got the win over Oregon 36-33. And it went down to the wire there at the final play of the game as well. And then uh, Michigan plays Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game on Saturday in Indy, of course. And then the Big 12 Championship, uh, number 7 Texas against number 18 Oklahoma State in uh, they need the Longhorns need that one to keep their playoff hopes alive. And let's talk about that game real quick, Travis, mm-hmm. because Texas is looking to snap its 13 season drought since its last conference title. If Texas were to win and miss the playoffs, they would join 2018 Ohio State as the only one loss Power Five conference champion to miss the playoffs. Mm. Oklahoma State, yeah, 14 point underdog, mm-hmm. no shot, none. Oklahoma State over the last three seasons is nine and seven outright as an underdog. 
the best record among 82 FBS teams to an underdog at least 15 times over that span. Wow. Oklahoma State and somewhere, Travis, the Big 12 commissioners are going, please, Oklahoma State. (laughs) Yeah. We don't want Texas in their last season being conference champ and making the playoffs, even Mm -hmm. though it would be great for the conference. Yeah. They're leaving. Yeah, right. We don't want them to succeed. No, they definitely don't want that. For sure. So I'm going to be watching the refs in that Big 12 title game. Mm. And, of course, everyone's uh, favorite thing to do is look out for the expanded uh, playoff if that would have happened mm-hmm. uh, this year. And according to the uh, graphic that I see here, as the uh, first day game would be uh, the 8 versus 9. It would be Alabama versus uh, Mizzou. They're in Alabama. So Mizzou making the college football playoff if we expand it to 12 like we are planning on doing mm-hmm. the winner would take on a Georgia in the co- or in the Peach Bowl uh, then you have a Penn State at number 10 would uh, square off against number 7 at Texas in Austin and the winner of that one would go on to face Michigan in the Cotton Bowl uh, Old Miss making the uh, playoff as they would be the 11 they would take on the 6 seed Ohio State in Columbus winner would take on Washington at the Fiesta Bowl and then uh, number 5 Oregon would be hosting number 12 Tulane Tulane, Tulane would get into mm-hmm. the uh, playoff into this scenario in the 12-team expanded format. The winner would go on to face Florida stay in the Orange Bowl. So uh, I, I just love the prospect of the 12-team playoff, of having these college football playoff games on campus. Oh, yeah. That would be, be just awesome. Um, the, the one game, Travis, uh, conference game that I think could be fun, it has no implications at all for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that is the Conference USA title game, um, Appalachian State and uh, da, 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 Troy. The last time these two teams squared off was back in 2022. College Game Day was there for that game in North Carolina, and it ended on a 53-yard Hail Mary touchdown with Appalachian State getting the win. Wow. So that's the last time these two teams squared off. I hope it's another good game. It's all we yeah, want, right? Right. We don't want any stinkers in conference title games. No. Looking at you, Iowa. We don't want a stinker. Yep. That's, hey. Oh, Travis, would that, would that flip things on its head? <laughs> would that flip things on its head if Iowa pulls off the upset? Wow. They're like 20-some point underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> but that would that would flip things around. Yeah. Michigan's not a lock at that point. Washington's not a lock out at that point. Ohio State's not a lock out at that point. Yeah, they'd be 20, and they're 23 and a half point underdogs right now, are the Hawkeyes. By the way, don't forget that Pac 12 title game in Las Vegas. You can hear Friday night right here on 99 The Game. Oh, very good. Awesome. I wasn't sure if that was in San Francisco or what, but it'll be in Vegas and we'll have it right here on 99. The game coverage starts six o'clock. Nice. So uh, tune in to uh, that with uh, college football playoff implications. I know Mm -hmm. that uh, Gus Johnson said, welcome to the college football playoff first round last week against Ohio State and Michigan. But if that's the first round, then that would be the second round there with Oregon and Washington. Should be a good one. And the other game, Travis, is the Florida State-Louisville game. Florida State without their quarterback 
to me, they're in a must-win situation. They and and I don't think they're going to. I I just don't know how good this offense is going to be without Jordan Travis leading it. So um, that's going to be an interesting one for me. Yeah, you know they uh, won last week against uh, Florida, twenty-four to fifteen. So they basically did what they needed to do there, right, on the road. So um, I don't think the quarterback was too bad uh, filling in for uh, Travis, but wasn't spectacular uh, either. So, but again, it was against Florida. Yeah, I'm not saying Louisville is is anything great, but they got here for a reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, Louisville is 10-2 and two on the season, and uh, Florida is going to be missing out on a bowl game. They're 5-7. and seven. Yeah, so, so and uh, the quarterback, uh, Roadmaker, was 12 for 25, 134 yards. Yeah, so. Average 5 good. yards, 5.4 yards per throw. <laughs> not as good as I thought. Five carries for negative 26 yards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not good. No. No. Not great. So, but. that to me, is going to be an interesting one. Right, yeah. I, I think that uh, Florida State, two-and-a-half-point favorites right now mm-hmm. in the ACC championship. I, I Again, Florida State loses. That opens it up for Alabama. That opens it up for either Oregon or Washington. One of these Power Five conference champions is going to be missing out on this playoffs. Yeah. That's just the way it is. It's just a matter of which one's it going to be. Right. Now, if everything goes chalk, then it's a lot more interesting. If mm-hmm. there's an upset, then it's pretty easy which one's missing out. Yeah. You know, if Florida State loses, we know they're not making it. Mm-hmm. Right. If all three of them lose, then it's total bad. <laughs> total chaos. And uh, we'll see uh, what all happens, and we'll see what all happens there in the Pac-12 championship. And uh, we'll have that for you here on uh, ESPN Radio. So uh, we'll uh, take a break, and we'll be back talking about uh, some uh, local sports, uh, some local basketball that happened last night, including uh, for bragging rights here at uh, Cromwell without my Anna Cumberland. So we'll talk about that coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. This is Lucas Kroenemann with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for universal life insurance at PekinInsurance.com and in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Kevin, Canty, and Michelle are unsportsmanlike. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. And we know who James Harden is. And if you're another team, you know what type of a player he is. You also know what type of person he is. You know how this story is going to end. And I'm just wondering if this time is different because I don't know if I'm another organization, how desirable I, I perceive James Harden to be. That's the fine line that James Harden has to walk here. 
This is Canty from Unsportsmanlike. Listen to Unsportsmanlike Monday through Fridays on 98.9 The Game. Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Sarah wants a yard. My own little paradise. Brad, however, hates yard work. The only thing I hate more than cutting the grass is paying someone to cut the grass. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle home and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Sarah and Brad found a great home with a yard. A very, very small yard. Time to get it done. And I'm done. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. Isn't that aroma just heavenly? What's with the whispering? Inside this grill is the secret to winning game days. Mmm. Eckridge Smoked Sausage, crafted with a perfect medley of spices for a truly rich, savory taste. So easy to prepare, too. Now hand me one of those buns. Whoa, whoa. Keep your voice down. Marty, you're still whispering? Secrets out, buddy. Eckridge.com has dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes for everyone to win game days this season. And now... Like, I love the movie Draft Day. It's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. No joke. The starting lineup. Blues Brothers. Yeah, the original. Not 2000. That one stinks. Wayne's World. Inception. You got four with Draft Day. Oh, The Godfather. Now, that that is a worthy top ten movie right there. Yep, I'll give you that for sure. I got one from Travis out of five. Yep. Yeah, I'll give you that one. (laughs) On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Let's hit up on uh, some uh, local sports here right now. And we had uh, some uh, girls basketball, some uh, boys basketball uh, last night. But of course, we'll start off with the uh, game that was heard on uh, both Jack FM and WCRA. As we have uh, both coverage here as uh, bragging rights for the uh, station here. And Altima came out with uh, the win last night over the uh, Cumberland Pirates. And it was 54-32 to 32 was the final score. But Cumberland, they were uh, smelling upset there in uh, the mm-hmm. early going. And it was a back and forth early. But Altima ended up having that huge run yeah. in the second and third quarters that propelled them to the double-digit win. 24-26 point run, and it just it was yeah. over at that point. And I talked with Coach Riddle after the game, and you know he said really what happened was we started making mistakes on offense, which caused us to be behind on defense. And I think that was a perfect analogy of what happened. Yeah. The first quarter, I think Cumberland – was riding a lot of momentum, a lot of the crowd, a lot of the... I'll be honest, Travis, that first quarter, there were some stunned faces on Altamont. There was, I think Altamont thought they were just going to come in and win it by 40 and call it good and have a fun game. Right. And Cumberland came out and fought. Yep. And I think it kind of took Altamont a quarter to kind of be like, okay. And Coach Radle told me after the game that as soon as in that second quarter, Altamont started putting... um, I believe it was Yarhouse or McManaway. It was McManaway on Cameron Radel. Mm-hmm. That stopped it because Radel, he said, you know, Cameron Radel is kind of under the radar a lot. And he came out and put up some big points early for Cumberland. Yeah. And I don't think anyone kind of expected it. 
Right. And then once Altamont put their best defender on him, Cumberland offense couldn't do anything. Right. And that's when they started making mistakes. And then that full court pressure from Altamont just forced so many turnovers. And, you know, talking with Coach, he said, we knew it. We knew it was coming. But practicing it and seeing it and definitely. dealing with it is two entirely different things. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with uh, it. looked like that uh, Cumberland came to play there in that opening quarter, and Altamont just kind of had a little bit to get going. It wasn't like they were into the game uh, as of yet there, but then they finally got to go in there into the second quarter. And, uh, yeah, used that huge run at Cumberland. They led by four at that point. Mm-hmm. But then Altamont came storming back there in that uh, second quarter. And uh, it, they, uh, despite that back-and-forth action, though, in that first quarter, Altamont still led by one uh, after the first quarter. But, uh, but then the Pirates had that four-point lead, and then it all just evaporated there so quickly. And uh, they used that 16-0 run to close out the uh, first half, and Altamont had the 32-18 lead there at halftime. And... It was also uh, some uh, three-pointers there that uh, mm-hmm. was knocked down in that uh, quarter for the uh, Indians. Uh, Eli Miller had a seven in that quarter alone, and Akita Miller finished off that layup to close out the uh, first half and kind of put an exclamation point on things uh, there at that point. But like you said, though, it was a good start by Cameron Radle for the Pirates as he had seven in that second quarter. Unfortunately, that was all the second quarter points the yeah. Pirates had, and yeah. then... It was all all gone from there. He had ten of their eighteen in the first half. Yeah, and it was just he he did what he could. But again, he's a freshman, and <laughs> yeah. once you get the best defender on it, who's a senior from Altamont, there's not a whole lot you can do there. Right. Um, I did think the Pirates did a good job on Caden Miller limiting him in the first half. Now he mm-hmm. you know at halftime he only had four points, yeah. and he was getting frustrated. He was getting called for some fouls, some was, turnovers, yeah. and he was starting to get a little frustrated. Second half. He was able to get the ball more, ended up with 14 points by the end of the night. Um, but I thought, in the, especially considering the size discrepancy that the Pirates have, um, Zach Harmon, I thought, put some good minutes in on, on Caden Miller, um, yeah. came up with a couple blocks. But mm-hmm. eventually, he's got to sub out. He can't play the whole game. He's just a sophomore. And that's mm-hmm. what we talked about all season long is Cumberland's youth. It's going to do him well in a year or two, but this year – it's going to make for some lumps. Right. Yeah, so uh, Altamont uh, really putting up the points mm-hmm. there in the second quarter. And uh, Cumberland, they're at least consistent, and they're at least consistent on a Saturday uh, as well as they had quarters of 11 and 7, 7, and 7. Yep. So uh, consistency is what you want. Yeah, you'd like a little bit more than 7, 7, and 7. Sure. That's uh, – but the other thing, Travis, that did in the Pirates, and again, it's going to be something we talk about all season long with Cumberland, the rebounding battle. Cumberland was out-rebounded 26-10. to 10. Mm. And when you're shooting sub-50, Cumberland 40-45%, to 45%, you got to get the rebounds because then you're just wasting opportunities. And unfortunately, right. the Pirates just don't have that length and that aggressiveness. You know, uh, Coach Riddle, post-game, when I was talking to him, he, he, he said... Kelly Bierman, and I mentioned this, Kelly Bierman was the first player I think I've ever seen foul out on five hustle fouls of diving for loose balls and trying to tie up guys. Mm-hmm. And that's all he got he, he got called for on uh, last night. And he said him and Blake McMeekin were getting in there and being aggressive. But those are the two guys who have played varsity minutes. They know that's what they're supposed to do. The rest of the team, not so much. 
So he said, we just need their aggressiveness to trickle down. And, uh, you know, the other thing Coach Rail said afterwards is, we just want teams when we play them this year to know we were here. Yeah. We want them to know that we were here and we put up a fight for four quarters. And there were many times in that game last night the Pirates could have rolled over and just said, ah, yeah. Altamont's a much better team. We're outmanned. We're outgunned. This is not going to be a good one. And they didn't. They right. kept fighting all the way to the final whistle. Yeah. Does uh, Kelby play football? Yes. I say it looked like it. Yeah, yeah. there's some uh, some scrums scrums out yes. there, and I said it looked like a wrestling match out yep. there at times for for the loose balls and whatnot. And uh, yeah, Beerman ended up fouling out there with yep. some of those aggressive. Yep. Uh, but fouls. again, you need that at a varsity level, sure. Especially when you're uh, you know you're outsized, right? You got to try and be aggressive mm-hmm. because nine times out of ten, or maybe not that high, but you know seven out of ten. The calls will go to you because you're the smaller person. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one one call I know that went on Blake uh, for a <laughs> Blake was called for a, a charge, I believe it was. It's like the smallest guy on the court can't get a charge called on him. Come on, mm, yeah. he's trying to draw the charge. Like, he's the smallest guy. What else was he supposed to do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There. So uh, Cameron Rado led uh, the scores for the Pirates. He had 13. In the contest, and Altamont was uh, led in scoring by uh, Dylan Elam. He was kind of the silent leader on a Friday against mm-hmm. Nokomis, but he finally put the points together there with uh, 17. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Miller finishing with 14, and Eli uh, finishing with uh, 12 points. Uh, there, the double figure scorers there for Altamont. And Coach Niebuhr, you mentioned that after the game, is that uh, he likes where the team is, though even though they have some room to improve, and that's the thing. That they can improve that they haven't played their best basketball as of yet, but they still won the first two games by mm-hmm. double figures and double digit points and 20 points and whatnot. So uh, he sees that it can only go up uh, from here when they play, uh, start to play more cohesive basketball. Yep. I agree with that. So uh, Altamont, a young season 2 and 0. They're back in action against Vandalia on Friday, back in Altamont. And uh, that should, that's always a tough battle. And uh, Cumberland, uh, they are 1-3 and three on the season, and they're back in action on Friday as they're taking on Oblong Palhut uh, to try to bounce back yep. for the Pirates. Yep, in Hudsonville. In Hudsonville. First road game of the season for the Pirates. I knew, uh, I knew that was off to correct that mm-hmm. on the schedule yeah yeah but yeah first first road test of the season i talked to coach afterwards he said yeah i'm not a big fan of it because i don't want to get on the bus yeah <laughs> touche coach touche. yes indeed uh there bub uh so that's what happened in uh, the uh boys game there let's go ahead and uh, just uh, run down here for the uh, local scores as it was uh, dietrich uh, picking up uh, the win over Oblong Palhut, 56-36 in a girls' action. As it was a Britain leading the way for Dietrich, she had a 20 points. Uh, Tegler, she had a 14. Dietrich, they led after one, 16-2. And they kind of uh, built that lead ever so slightly. OPH stuck with them in the second and third quarters, but they extended that out a little bit in the third, but... Uh, their damage was done in the first quarter there, mm-hmm. uh, so they picked up the win uh, there. It was a CHBC winning against Pena, 60-47, as it was uh, Macy Rodman leading the way for the Bobcats, 32 points last night 
for CHBC. Uh, next closest score was Stuckemeyer with nine. Uh, CHBC led 13 to nothing after the first quarter. Mm. And so they kind of uh, cruised to the victory at that point uh, there. So nice win there mm-hmm. for CHBC. Um, we also had some more. We had FEM uh, falling into uh, Taylorville in Apollo Conference action. He had uh, FEM actually leading 13-11 to 11 after one quarter, but then it all kind of evaporated uh, there. They outscored the Hearts to the Tornadoes 12-2 to 2 in the second quarter to take the lead, and they never looked back mm-hmm. after that. It was Austin leading the way for uh, Effingham. Uh, she had uh, 13 points. Uh, Martin uh, scored uh, 12 points in uh, that one. Uh, for the Hearts, and it looks like uh, Tar and Heimsness both had 11, and Fleming had 14 to lead the way there for the Tornadoes. And see some other scores here as I'm getting my computer to cooperate here. Uh, Mount Zion won over Charleston, 60-23. to uh, Murrow Forsyth over Arthur, 53-27. to and North Mac over uh, Athens, 48-47. And Williamsville over Litchfield, 53-22. And boys basketball action, we had we already talked about that Altamont game mm-hmm. and Cumberland game. Uh, St. Anthony got the win over Salem, 42-38. And uh, Salem actually had the lead, 16-8, after one quarter. But uh, St. Anthony uh, came back there in uh, the second, made it a little bit closer. Uh, but ultimately, they outscored the Wildcats 12-3 in that final quarter, and that's kind of what got them the comeback win for them. Yeah, Salem with quarters of 16, 2, 17, and 3. Yeah, how about that box Ooh, score? Roller coaster right there. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Uh, Brock Fearday led the way for St. A as he had 20 points in the game, and uh, Schmidt also had 10 points as well. Uh, Dietrich got the uh, win over Sisney, 71-65, and and this one was a battle as well. as It looked like it went back and forth as uh, Sisney had the uh, 21-20 lead after one quarter, uh, but then uh, Dietrich had tied things up there by halftime, and, and then they outscored him 15-10 in the third quarter, and then uh, just by a single point in the fourth quarter to finish things off there. Uh, Will led the way for the uh, Maroons. He had 18. Gephardt also had 18 as well. Uh, Keck was 17 and Westendorf with a 10 as well for the Maroons. Dietrich's a good team. I they saw are. them play at the Cumberland Thanksgiving tournament. They're they're a pretty good squad. Yeah, they are. They they should be definitely mm-hmm. impressive uh, this season uh, for sure. Uh, let's see here some uh, other scores uh, that we had here as it was CHBC getting the win over Neoga 60 to uh, 50. Looks like CHBC put up the four-point lead after one quarter, but then Nioga comes back in, uh, nearly ties the game as they close the gap there, but CHBC takes control there in the third, outscored Nioga 16-7 to there in that one. It was Lorton leading the way, or actually it was Radoff uh, leading the way with 23 for CHBC, and it looks like uh, Keller led the way for Nioga as he had 15 in the contest there as well and uh, Sullivan and got the win over Windsor's two straws 57 to 39 was the final score there Windsor's two straws led after one 11 to 9 but Sullivan comes back strong in the middle quarters 24 to 10 they outscored the hatchets in the second quarter and also 16 to 9 
there in the third as well. So uh, Sullivan picks up the uh, dub there. Uh, Watkins led the way for the Redskins. He had 18. And for the Hatchets, Gracie led the way. He had 15 in the contest. We also had a Casey pick up the uh, win over Effingham, and that one was by the final of 59 to uh, 31. So that's a nice feather in the cap there for Casey. Mm -hmm. The victory on the road, even. Yeah, good, impressive starts. victory for Casey. Um, and uh, let's see here. We also had uh, Salt Fork over Arcola, 42-40. Saragot over Tri-City, 50-35. Heritage over Urbana University, 64-44. Uh, Tuscola defeated Villa Grove, 69-43. Pena over Central A&M, 52-49. Clinton over Stanford Olympia, 76-47. And Warrensburg-Latham defeated Mount Pulaski, 67-40. South Central action, we had Auburn over Carlinville, 57-41. East St. Louis over Hillsborough, 69-61. And Pius over Carrollton, 55-51. Junior high boys basketball as well. Seventh grade, we had Dietrich over Altamont, 44-34. North Clay winning against Neoga, 55-16. And Robinson defeated Newton Jasper County, 37-19. In eighth grade, they had Dietrich over Altamont, 54-19. North Clay winning against Neoga, 37-18. And it was Noon Jasper County winning eighth grade game against Robinson at 53-42. And that does it for the schedule or for the results from last night. Local sports so for today in a girls basketball in a couple of games of Staunton at Riverton and Hillsborough continuing there at the uh, Carlisle tournament. Boys basketball as well. We got South Central hosting Patoka, Blue Ridge at Cornerstone Christian. And we also have some junior high girls basketball tonight. A seventh grade of sectionals as we have in the Rantoul 1A uh, sectional. It's Rantoul uh, St. Malky against Oakland Lakecrest at 630. Sigel St. Michael sectional championship. It's Payne of Sacred Heart against Sigel St. Michael at 630. Uh, Seidel South Fork sectional. Bismarck Henney versus Villa Grove at 630. To a KZ Westfield sectional, Paris Crestwood against South Central at 6:30. 3A Tatopolis is sectional, Tatopolis versus Tuscola East Prairie. 3A Auburn sectional, Pius Oliver or versus Staunton. And in the 4A Kankakee sectional, it's the University of Park uh, versus uh, Muhammad Seymour. And uh, the 4A Taylorville sectional, it's Taylorville versus Chatham Linwood. And all those games tip off at 6:30. Tonight for junior high sectionals in seventh grade for girls basketball. So you miss any of those scores or if you want to check them out, they're on the website, fmradio.com. Just click on our local sports tab. That's where you can find all the information there. All right, so we'll step away and we'll return and we'll talk about some college basketball on the way here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just... I can't explain it. Navigating without a compass. Eyes waiting. Started to wonder. Metamorphosis. Lost of who you thought you was. When your kid can't find the language... Help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Shop Cyber Days, three days only at Rule King. 
Score deep discounts on your favorite departments like apparel, footwear, hunting, and more. Take 25% off Carhartt men's and women's logo sleeve graphic hoodies. Save 20 bucks on a Brule King heavy-duty commercial battery, now $79.99. And get 25% off Columbia apparel for the whole family. Don't miss Cyber Days. Now through November 29th at your neighborhood Rule King or RuleKing.com, America's farm and home store. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now, get Bartesian's best holiday deal ever when you go to bartesian.com radio. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best holiday deal ever. It's available right now only at Bartesian.com radio. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot radio for Bartesian's best holiday deal ever. Only at Bartesian.com radio. And now... The, the number one for me was the best thing that I saw in sports this weekend. That was on Saturday, hole number 14 at Oakland Golf Course from a 101 yards out. Uh, Eric Fry with a 9-iron, sticks one within two feet of the cup, and it was a heck of a golf shot, and it was the best thing I saw in sports this weekend. And now... Feel my moment. thunder! <laughs> Come on, man! Let me gloat about myself. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. Hope you didn't take my advice to the bank because the Blues struggle offensively. They lost 3-1 to to the Wild yesterday. St. Louis now is 11-9-1 on the season. They host Buffalo tomorrow night. Missouri Tigers got a win, 71-64 over Pitt yesterday. They are now 6-2. They host Wichita State on Sunday. Billikens suffered a loss to Utah State, 81-76. Billikens are 5-4. They're at Southern Illinois on Saturday. Other college of action from yesterday, Eastern Illinois lost number 6 Kansas, 71-63. Southern Illinois was crushed by Indiana State, 77-48. And SIU Edwardsville defeated Missouri Baptist, 86-62. Missouri State hosts Evansville tonight. The Bulls, uh, the Bulls were crushed 124-97 to the Celtics in an in-season tournament game at TD Gardens. Two teams were tied at 13 with six and a half minutes left in the first before Boston took over. Chicago trailed by as many as 35 points in the losing effort. DeMar DeRozan and Kobe White each had 19 points to lead the Bulls. They are 5-14. and They host Milwaukee tomorrow night. The Blackhawks got back in the wing column with a 4-3 win over Mike Kraken at the United Center. Tells you how bad the Kraken are this season. Chicago remains last place in the Central Division at 7-13-0. They visit Detroit and Patrick Kane tomorrow night. And Corey Perry's short time with the Blackhawks is coming to an end. The team waved the forward yesterday announcing that Perry will be released if he clears the waiver wire. Welcome back in to the uh, start of light up. Travis Marks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports Center hits. Yes, Blackhawk news yeah. in the wire. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, some something happened. Uh, uh, workplace conduct, but don't uh, worry, he was not sleeping with Bedard's mom. Oh, okay. That was a rumor that started. Uh, rumor in Indo. Yep. Get you every time. Every time. Um, 
All right, so let's talk about uh, some uh, college basketball here. But like you mentioned there in the Sports Center hit, yeah, you they fell to uh, Kansas, seventy-one to sixty-three. But that was uh, close in mm-hmm. the second half. Kansas actually had to uh, pull away there, and yeah, you actually outscored. The Jayhawks 38-33 in the second half there at Allen Fieldhouse. A more competitive game than I think what the Jayhawks and everyone else was anticipating yep. uh, there. I think it was only like a two-point game with like two, three, four minutes to go. Yeah, it was a lot closer than it should have been. But, I mean, hey, Kansas lost to us. So, I mean, they're just not that good Exactly. Exactly. Eric gets it. Yep. Uh, Baylor had no problem with Nichols, though, 108-70. Uh, Purdue, no problem against Texas Southern, a 99-67 a there. And uh, Braden Smith, almost a triple-double yep. uh, for him for Painter's squad there. Uh, Marquette, who Illinois lost to, they uh, beat Southern, a 93-56. It was Gonzaga. Over Bakersfield, the eighty-one to a sixty of five. Play some good talent, Gonzaga. Well, it's uh, it's still early. Yeah, they already have a loss in the season. Uh, yes, and that loss was to Purdue. Yep. In Maui. Yep. So not a bad loss. Nope. Um, and then I know that this was Eric's favorite, one of Eric's favorite things: the ACC SEC yes. challenge. And we had a couple of upsets there All last upsets. night as we had a Georgia Tech win over number 21, Mississippi State, 67-59. And then Alabama upset number 23, Alabama, 85-77. Clemson upset Alabama. Whatever. Whatever yes. I said. Yes. And uh, Kentucky over Miami. That was 12 over 8. So every single ACC, SEC challenge game that was a ranked opponent, the lower team won. Right. And uh, if you're wondering, the other non-top 25 yeah. ones, South Carolina won over Notre Dame, 65-53. Uh, Syracuse victorious over LSU, 80-57. to And Old Miss over NC State, 72-52. And that gives uh, the SEC a 4-3 lead in the SEC-ACC Challenge. Ooh, so got more tonight. And we do have some more on a tap for tonight. Top 25 action. Uh, the uh, big thing, big five classic was St. Joe and uh, Villanova. The Nova number 18 right now. Number 23, James Madison takes on Buffalo. Uh, we have number 20, Colorado State against Colorado. Look at Colorado, though. They're 5-1. and one. Better than the football team. I mean, maybe they're just like the football team, off to an amazing start. Yep. We'll see how they down. are down the stretch. I uh, also have some top 25 involved in the ACC-SEC Challenge. Tennessee, number 10, against number 17 in North Carolina. Number 14, at Texas A&M against Virginia. And also a number 7, at Duke, taking on Arkansas. The game's in Arkansas there. And uh, some other ones that don't involve ranked teams. Florida up against Wake Forest. Uh, Boston College against Vanderbilt. Georgia, Florida State. Probably a better matchup on the football field. But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. Virginia Tech and Auburn as well. I guess Louisville is not uh, participating in the uh, challenge because they're taking on uh, ball mine uh, tonight. Yeah, they, they 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 didn't want to, Travis. No participation, I guess. I mean, it's not the first time we've seen that. Louisville, no fun. It's not the first time we've seen that. So... Uh, there you go. S- A- ACC's got some work to do tonight. They do. And we'll see what happens. 
in the top 25 as we still await. We await Saturday for the Illini to be back in action mm-hmm. against Rutgers. They're at the rack, 3 o'clock. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, take our last break. We're up against it here, and we'll close out talking about some NBA, maybe even try to squeeze uh, some NHL. If not, we'll get to that in overtime. And that's coming up next here on the Star Lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Some people just know that the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the tailgater who's testing the laws of physics with a table and a grill and six camping chairs all balanced on the roof of a small sedan. Make that four camping chairs. Why would you pay a rate based on anyone else? Get a rate based on you with DriveWise and the Allstate app. Not available in California. Subject to terms and conditions. Some states' participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Dell's Cyber Monday event is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited-time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13. Engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top-brand accessories. It's the perfect time to upgrade any home business or gaming setup powered by Intel Core processors. Shop now at dell.com slash deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. And now, the starting lineup. Eric Fry Sports Center updates the Colts are in Minnesota on Saturday night to take on the Vikings in their second preseason game. You can hear that on our sister station, 109. Oh, 1090 AM WCRA. (laughs) I was still right. It just sounded bad. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. We're only here on 98.9 for just a, a smidge, a bit a longer. But uh, let's uh, close things out here talking about uh, the association and the in-season tournament a group of play. As that's actually a winding down. But the Celtics, they got the win over the Bulls yeah. pretty easily. 124-97 to was the uh, final score there. Jalen Brown goes off for 30 as the Celtics advance to the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. Yep. They'll be taking on the Pacers, Travis. Pacers. I have to say that I was not expecting the Pacers to be in the uh, quarterfinals of the play-in. Speaking of not expecting them to be there, how about uh, the Kings last night? Overcoming a 24-point deficit to defeat the Warriors 124-123 in Draymond's return from suspension. Well, that was the most important thing. Yeah. The Warriors needed to win by at least 12 points to advance to the quarterfinals, and they lost. All right, yeah, the old uh, tournament point differential yeah. advancement. Why this thing is so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> so so here's your quarterfinal matchups, Travis. Are you ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. It will be the one-seed Bucks hosting the four-seed Knicks. 
and the two-seed Pacers hosting the three-seed Celtics. Then out west, the one-seed, the Lakers, take on the four-seed Suns, and the two-seed, the Kings, will host the three-seed Pelicans. Yep. Whoopee. Wow. So you got the Knicks, Pacers, Pelicans in there. It's yeah. kind of surprising. Yeah. But what a tournament. What a tournament, Travis. It's oh, conclude my goodness. December 9th oh, in man. Vegas. Oh. It's coming up quick. <laughs> what a what a just amazing tournament. What a farce. It is. <laughs> uh the Bucks got the win over the Heat one thirty one to one twenty four to advance. Uh the Knicks got there because they beat the Hornets one fifteen and two ninety one. Yeah, they finished with a plus forty two point differential. Nice. So if this was really like these games shouldn't count, right? Like on the regular seat, like I don't know. It's just they do. It does. I know, but mm-hmm. but you have different things. Like oh, we got to get make sure our point differential is more more up than the other team. Like you're not gonna do that in our normal regular season game. No, dumb. <laughs> That's what makes the in season tournament different. Also, uh, uh, Luca goes off for a forty one last night in the Mavs win against the Rockets. Mavericks eleven and six. The season uh, games going on tonight in the NBA: Lakers, Pistons, ten and eight versus two and fifteen. Yeah. Pistons, ouch! Uh, Wizards three and fourteen against the twelve and five Magic. Uh, Suns up against the Raptors. Jazz against the Grizzlies. Seventy Sixers, Pelicans, Rockets, Nuggets, and Clippers, Kings tonight. In the association, and none of those games are on national TV. Oh, that's a bummer. Just NBA TV, apparently. Mm. Uh, it's the uh, just one game on TNT tonight for the uh, NHL, too. Ugh. It's weird. Yeah. Unless my uh, computer's wrong here. Which I, I don't, I'm, I'm not 100% could sure be. on that. Uh, Red Wings and Rangers matching up on TNT tonight in the NHL. Uh, Red Wings, fresh off signing Patrick Kane. That's so right. He's going up against his, one of his former teams. Yeah. Who's he facing tonight? The Rangers? Rangers. The next game for the Blackhawks is against the Red Wings. Really? So, yeah. Ooh. Ah, it's in Detroit, though. Ah. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be nice if it was in Chicago. But it's not. It's not. It's at Detroit. So... All right, so uh, that looks like uh, that'll do it for us here on ESPN Radio. And uh, coming up next, it's Carlin versus uh, Joe. And then following that, it's uh, Freddie and Harry. And uh, so enjoy the rest of your ESPN Radio afternoon. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in to overtime of the starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, still here with you. And uh, coming up, we got some just some random news and notes to uh, hit up on. Let's squeeze in some NHL scores here since I just kind of peeked at the schedule 
uh, for tonight. But uh, and we also got this day in sports history mm-hmm. as well on the way. Uh, all right. So, uh, is there anything on sports center that you wanted to Travis, clean up? Travis, we are starting with breaking news. Uh, okay, breaking news. Breaking news. The breaking news, Travis. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers will be returning. Jets head coach Robert Sala Whoa. said that Rodgers' 21-day practice window will open on Wednesday. That means the team will have 21 days to activate Rodgers to the active roster. Whoa. He will be returning this season. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. Cleared to practice. Coming back after that ACL injury. Yep. That's crazy. He's going to be back. Modern medicine man. Well, didn't say in what form he'll be back, Travis, <laughs> or, or how much percentage he's going to be playing, but he'll be back. Cleared to practice after surgery. Yep. They have 21 days to get him on the active roster. So that would put him in line for that Christmas Eve game. Right. Minimum. That would be against the Commanders. Yep. The game he's targeting. Yep. The game he's been targeting the whole time. Yeah. I mean, he said on yesterday on the Pat McAfee show that his decision to return will be based on two factors, his health and the team standing in the playoff race. Yep. They're currently four and seven, and they've lost four straight. Yep. And they will need some a lot of help to make the postseason. Yep. But uh, Roger said he said that he'd like the team to be alive, but that covers a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Says so. Uh, Salah said Rogers will play if he wants to play. Yep. Contingent on being cleared by doctors. Now we'll never hear the end of Greeny. Because wow. Greeny's been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks. That that's when Aaron Rodgers is going to return. When he comes back when from he comes, vacation. When he comes back. When he work. comes back in the country. When he's when he's back to work. Surprised he, he doesn't phone in today uh, or tomorrow for his show. Um, but now the other thing, Travis, is there's going to be a very, very, very important question. Mm-hmm. Who is New York's favorite quarterback? Is it Aaron Rodgers or Tony DeVito? Uh, Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. That's right. Tony, too. But <laughs> he does a different sport. I don't know what his dad's name is, but. He does a different sport. <laughs> I know be. that. I mean, uh, people are just now learning yep. the uh, Italian greatness yep. of the Italian stallion, yep. Tommy DeVito. Um, all right, let's get into uh, rest of Sports Center now. Mm-hmm. Cody Bellinger and Liam Hendricks are both being honored for their 2023 seasons in Chicago. MLB announced yesterday that Bellinger won the National League Comeback Player of the Year award, uh, playing with the Cubs, while Hendricks took home the American League honor for the White Sox. Um, I do have a little bit of a problem with this, Travis, um, and that is not with Cody Bellinger. I think he should be Comeback Player of the Year. Liam Hendricks. Great that he came back. He only pitched in five games. Yeah. Is that enough to get before a season-ending injury? Injury Is that enough to get comeback player of the year? Yeah, that's enough. Okay. I just wanted to, you to, I, I want to get your opinion because I see people making the same argument about DeMar Hamlin and the NFL comeback player of the year. And that he hasn't played. Didn't he play a little bit? He's played, I think, a little bit in two games. I can't even. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, 
Damar Hamlin die uh, basically died right, on the field. Right, 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 right. And the so, fact they even want to come back, yeah, to me. But five games pitching mm, and cancer. I know. Still, I'm a little iffy. Well deserved, but I would have liked to have seen him pitch more when he came back. I know injury doesn't help, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would say, uh, uh, Demar Hamlin actually uh, got in against the Bengals game. I think. Mm. Um, we'll continue handing out awards. Travis as David Braun is being recognized by his fellow peers and members of the media after his first season leading Northwestern. The Wildcats football coach won Big Ten Coach of the Year at the. Uh, yesterday, Big Ten coaches vote on one award, while media members vote on the other. Braun became the team's head coach after Pat Fitzgerald was fired due to hazing allegations this past summer. He really has done a good job of turning them around. They went 1-11 in 2022, 7-5 this year, and bowl eligible for the first time since 2020. Yeah, I mean... Especially he's... just stepping into that situation, let alone right. the win-loss on the field. Exactly. Stepping into that situation and getting anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Right, everybody counted them out. Yep, but oh, here yeah. they are. They're gonna go bowling. Yep. So, uh, unlike the Illini, um, <laughs> other college basketball action from yesterday: Loyola beat Chicago State sixty-two fifty-three. Uh, today, Bradley is at Murray State. Valpo hosts Drake. Uh, the Colts are expected to be without Jonathan Taylor for the coming weeks. Indianapolis team owner Jim Irsay told ESPN that the running back is slated to undergo thumb surgery in Los Angeles. Taylor was injured in the Colts' 27-20 win over the Buccaneers on Sunday. Though he played the entire game, the 24-year-old running back has rushed for 414 yards and four touchdowns through seven games this season. With him sidelined, Indianapolis turned to Zach Moss, who, by the way, currently ranks 10th in the NFL with 672 rushing yards. Hmm. The Pro Football Hall of Fame has named the Modern Era semifinalist for the class of 2024. Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates headline the group of 25 players, along with fellow first-time finalist Tiki Barber, Jared Allen, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Torrey Holt, Patrick Willis, Willie Anderson, and Darren Woodson all return as semifinalists. After failing to be inducted last year, rounding out the group of 25 are Eric Allen, Anquan Bolden, Jahari Evans, Lendon Fletcher, Eddie George, James Harrison, Rodney Harrison, Robert Mathis, Steve Smith Sr., Fred Taylor, Heinz Ward, Ricky Waters, Reggie Wayne, and Vince Wilfork. Travis, that is a loaded group. Yeah. I'm a fan of, like, most of those. I know, That's right? like our childhood. It is. It is. Um, one of the most prolific NFL owners, Travis, is selling his team. The Athletic reports that Mark Cuban is selling a majority stake of the Dallas Mavericks to casino tycoon Miriam Adelson and her family for an estimated $3.5 billion. Cuban will remain the governor of the franchise while also retaining full control of basketball operations. 65-year-old businessman bought the Mavericks for $285 million in 2000. Dallas won an NBA championship in 2011 and has only missed the postseason five times since Cuban took over control of the franchise. He also was quitting Shark Tank. I did see that, yeah. What's going on with Mark Cuban? Is he planning to leave the Earth? Like what is, what's happening? Is he going to Mars? I'm, maybe he's moving <laughs> to Mars. Yeah, I, I did see that. Getting so, rid of everything. Yeah, going off the Mavs, going off of the Shark Tank. Yep. Jeez. Uh, the Hornets will be without their leading scorer for the foreseeable future. Shocking news. ESPN reports that Lamelo Ball is expected to miss multiple weeks with a sore right ankle sprain. Ball injured the ankle during the second quarter of Sunday's loss to the Magic. The 22-year-old fell on his right leg while attempting a layup. Need to be helped off the court. 
Travis, you need to put the balls, lower bodies in like full body cast at all times. Put them in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Both of them cannot stay healthy. No. With lower body injuries. I mean, I don't know. Has Lamelo? This is really like his first. This like, is the second. Injury? He missed part of last year too. Uh, he missed a, a big chunk of last year, I believe. I don't know. I know. It's, I, I stopped paying attention to that family a long time ago. I know you did. And I know basketball is such your thing. Oh, yeah. It's your... Yeah, 20... Mm, February 27th last year, uh, suffered a non-contact right ankle injury. Mm. He fractured his ankle. was ruled out indefinitely. So that was a right ankle back last year, and now he is injured with a right ankle. Hmm. hmm. Seems to be a pattern. If only it was a certain shoe he was wearing. <laughs> yeah. That was Yeah. That was long since Yep. Got stopped. Uh Oregon State has selected its new head football coach, the Beavers. Promoted defensive coordinator Trent Bay to head coach on Tuesday. Bray will replace Jonathan Smith, who was hired away by Michigan State earlier this week. 41-year-old Bray joined Smith's staff at Oregon State in 2018 as a linebacker's coach. Took over as D.C. in 2021. Bray played linebacker for the Beavers from 2002 to 2005. Also had coaching six stints at Arizona State and Nebraska. Hmm. There you go. Um, Let me update here, see if there's anything more to update. Us on. We already talked about Aaron Rodgers. Um, Deshaun Jackson is going to retire as a member of the Eagles. Probably, mm. probably good. Um, Titus Howard is expected to miss the rest of the season for the tight uh, Texans. Um, McCollum's going to return. CJ McCollum's going to return for the Pelicans against the 76ers. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. That's all I got. Oh, you got. I did see something, Travis, that um, ESPN, and only if you're a Plus member do you have access to this, which is silly. But with that being said, they have posed a question on which state reigns supreme in college hoops. What is the best state in college hoops based off of um, NCAA tournament wins since 1985? Vacated wins still still count. Mm. So eighty five, you got to take out Indiana because that was you know after Bob Knight. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be North Carolina. Yeah, with North with Carolina. NC and Duke. Yeah, maybe Kentucky. Yeah, I would throw them in there because Louisville had a little bit of a run. Mm-hmm. Kansas, Kansas, just pure number of schools. You think California would have to be close? Yeah. Just because they probably have more colleges. Mm-hmm. Texas. Texas, Florida. Texas and Florida. Yeah, Florida won some national championships early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Definitely not Illinois. No. No. I don't know. We went on a run one year. We did. A couple right. of years. Yeah, I saw some uh, people on X guy, and I got uh, put up in arms about one college basketball account. They said, "Who remembers this forgotten college basketball star?" And it was uh, a picture of D. Brown. Oh, <laughs> it's like who, who forgot about him? 
Illini Nation the certainly has The rest of the it. nation, Travis. Not Illini guess, Nation, but, but the rest of the nation. I guess. But, God, I got... Oh, who forgot about this guy? Who forgot about D. Brown? Uh, no way. Who's that scrub? No Just way. kidding, D. Brown. We love you. Yeah, absolutely. But still, uh, yeah, it's been a while, Travis. It's been a while since Illinois was relevant relevant on a national stage. I know. <sighs> I know it. But what I can do. <sighs> All right, uh, well, do you have anything else? I was just double-checking to make sure there was no baseball news. I'm not seeing anything. Um breaking um nelson cruz has been hired by the dodgers as a front office advisor Hmm. oh i did see travis um i can't remember now oh hold on i know where i saw that uh your cardinals Mm -hmm. and the deal that they made was sunny gray is a little bit different, which helps free up some cap space. Not that there's a cap in baseball, but it helps free up some space. Did you read about this? No. It's backloaded. Okay. So it's a $75 million contract. Comes with a club option for the 2027 season, um, pegged at $30 million. But it's heavily backloaded. Gray is set for a modest $10 million salary in 2024. Mm-hmm. He'll make $25 million in 25. Thirty-five million in the final guaranteed season, with the buyout bringing the guarantee to seventy-five million. The twenty twenty-seven option is not a strict team option. If the Cardinals exercise the option, Gray would have the right to opt out, although he'd forfeit the buyout if he does so. If St. Louis, by the way, Travis declines his option, mm-hmm. the buyout will be paid in one million dollar installments between twenty twenty-seven and thirty-one, <sighs> and he has full no trade protection installments. And full no trade protection. But what that does, Travis, is that gets your spending for next season around 180 mil, as opposed to the 190 plus that was being reported. Mm-hmm. So last year you opened the season with a payroll around 177. So still not a whole lot of room there, but it at least alleviates the books a little bit. Plus, you're probably going to hopefully trade some players. You do have Tyler O'Neill uh, in arbitration. Projected yeah. to get a $5 million salary or so. Dylan Carlson also arbitration. But um, that is going to help. Um, yeah. Now, what's not going to help is uh, Cal Gibson's contract was reported as a $12 million deal. It's actually $13 million. Mm. He'll make $12 million next season. Yes, Cal Gibson's going to make more than Sonny Gray next year. Um, and is insured at least a $1 million buyout on a $12 million team option for 2025. So... He would also receive a $1 million assignment bonus if traded. Hmm. So you're you're creating some some fun and unique contracts to try and save some money, Travis. That's yeah. not a great sign. Yeah, we're pinching millions wherever you can. <laughs> wherever you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why Sonny Gray agreed to, <laughs> I'll only get paid $10 million this year. But I guess the full tra- no trade and a million if he does get traded out. or released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Per year. And wants to be here. Wants to be here. Wants to be in the loo. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters to Mo. <sighs> Apparently. So. 
Yeah, nothing's going to happen in baseball until the weekend. Yep. So it'll it'll pick up then. As I, mean, I read, we somewhere, could be in for a great show on Monday. Oh yeah. As I read, or terrible, or terrible. <laughs> I, I, as, I I, as I read somewhere, Travis. Uh, no, it's going to be great. great. <laughs> Shohei's going to Chicago. Uh, it's gonna be great. I'm not going to show up. Speaking of show, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to show up. No, no. <laughs> exactly. No I, show for Travis. I, I read I read somewhere where right now all of the MLB free agents are sitting on a beach somewhere just waiting for Shohei to make his decision. I Which mean, basically. might as well. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Except for Cardinal guys. They mm-hmm. sign early and often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we get ahead of the curve. You, you guys are going to make a signing announcement before winter meetings of some bullpen help. Probably. <laughs> yeah, for reportedly that's where our focus is now. Yep. But that's all that's all we really got on the uh the baseball front. Baseball front. Oh, by the way, John Mozelak was quoted. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I can't believe we didn't bring this up. He was quoted as saying, quote, We certainly feel a lot better about our club than we did two months ago. Yeah. Certainly feel a lot better. <laughs> of course. Why? I mean, that's... Hey, you brought in two and two yeah. fives. I mean... Tell me where he's telling lies. He's trying to get to 21. He's playing blackjack, isn't he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. All right. Um, sports history? Uh, yeah. We got this day in sports history. I wanted to run down some NHL scores. Go ahead, yes. Uh, though, from uh, last night, as I mentioned, the NHL... Uh, the uh, Leafs, they got the win over the uh, Panthers. Uh, Toronto are doing all right this year, 11-6-3. Uh, the uh, Devils, 5-4 to four over the uh, Islanders. Hurricanes, <clears throat> excuse me, they got the win over the uh, Flyers, 4-3. to three. Uh, The Preds, they got the win in OT over the uh, Penguins. Forsberg gets the game winner there for Nashville. Uh, like Eric mentioned in his Sports Center here earlier, the Wild... <clears throat> Maybe the Blues. Uh, the uh, Stars, they uh, got the uh, shutout against the uh, Jets, 2-0. to zero. Uh, Edmonton wins in a shootout over uh, the uh, Knights, and that was 5-4. to four. And uh, Connor McDavid had a nice breakaway goal there. Uh, the Coyotes, uh, they got the uh, dub over the Lightning, 3-1. to one. And the uh, Canucks also beat the Ducks, 3-1. to one. That so. almost rhymed. Canucks, you know. The Canucks and the Ducks. Yeah. 15 and 7 and 1. So Vancouver not doing too bad. Mm-mm. Start the season, so. Still early. Yep, it is still. Uh, Canadians, Blue Jackets tonight, as well as our uh, Red Wings Rangers game and the Capitals going up against the Kings. Kings doing pretty good. 13, 3 and 3. So. That is your NHL. I appreciate it. And now we can get to the state in sports history. All right, this day in sports history. Got four things today, Travis. Mm-hmm. On this day in 1890, we're going way back. Way back. The first ever Army-Navy football game was played. Wow. That's significant. That is. Significant. On this day in 2005, Ray Emery of the Ottawa Senators set an NHL record by winning his ninth straight game at the beginning of his career. Hmm. Where is he now? Yeah. Where are you at? 
On this day in 2015, Travis, the late, great Kobe Bryant announced via a poem on the Players' Tribune website that he will retire after the 2015-16 season. Bryant spent his entire 20-year NBA career with the Lakers. So today we found out Kobe Bryant was retiring back in 2015. Mm. And on this day back in 2021, Lionel Messi won his seventh career FIFA Balloon d'Or, his first since 2019, and two more than the next closest player, Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm. And that does it. That's your sport. That's your this date. This date in sports history. Got more coming up tomorrow Mm. as well, including two things, Travis. Well, it's two, two events that happened that you just love to see. Love to see. And I'll tell you more about that coming up. Love to see it. There's nothing that makes Travis happier than a certain college football team losing in dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll look into that tomorrow for sports history. All right. Very well. And uh, that looks like uh, we uh, covered it all here. So uh, we're going to get on and get out of here. So uh, appreciate you uh, for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, and we'll be uh, back better than ever for you on a Thursday edition of the starting lineup. So until tomorrow, we'll talk to you then. Peace out.